0: It's time now for the complete story of public news and information feature of BOT Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich BOT, with today's complete story.
1: Well, well Rich, here it is. It's another another week has gone by, and we're really reaching deeply into the summer now, aren't
2: we? Well, we're right in the middle of July.
1: Yeah. You know, Rich, I've been thinking this whole past week about some of the most important things in a person's life. Some of the most important things in a person's life. Uh, And surely, there isn't anything more important than to be used of God. What better investment of the time on earth that God has given us than to allow him to use us as as much as we're willing, sometimes we get to be pretty stubborn, Sometimes we get to be pretty willful children, but to be used of God. And we're going to have a great story today on this whole idea. But listen to Doris Acres sing it, and mind me, she will touch your heart. Here it is. To be used of God is my desire.
2: speak, to sing, to pray, to be used of God, to show someone the way.
1: Of the Lord. And I know in order to do this That I must be a yielded vessel My greatest desire is to be used And rather than be idle I would rather be a doorkeeper In the house of my God An old song I heard as a child says If you cannot sing like angels If you cannot preach like Paul There's one thing you can do You can tell the love of Jesus. You can tell
0: that He died for all. To be used of God
1: is my desire. Uh, uh, You know, you know, folks, uh, the theme of this whole program uh, kind of generates from uh, a phone call that I received this morning from my good friend, John and Vivian Avery. And I mean, they meant a lot to my life. And John Avery was saying that there was a pastor in his life that had meant a lot to him. And he just felt compelled to go see him and tell him, tell him how much he influenced John's life. And I thought, isn't that what we all should be doing? Uh, anyway, it made me think a long time ago in California, oh, this would have been easily in the 1950s, probably about 55 or 56 or very earlier than that, I would go to Los Angeles and uh, call on advertising agencies there Uh, for the radio station I was working for in San Francisco. you can imagine, folks, I was pretty young, for sure. But while I was in Los Angeles, I called a friend of mine from Minneapolis, Minnesota, Paul Larson. We'd been buddies when we were just teenagers in Minneapolis, but Paul had moved to Los Angeles, so I wanted to look him up. And Paul said after we go to a restaurant and have something to eat, I wanna take you to a church that you will just love. And it was a church, uh, it was a black church, and it was kind of a uh, converted theater building, I think it was, And, uh, and there is when I first heard Doris Akers, the music director of that church, I remember the preacher's name was Aubrey Lee, and he was a good preacher. But Doris Akers, wow, she just touched my heart. Well, many, many years later, when we were in Kansas City and Bot Radio Network was started in 1962, And then we put on the FM station, along with the AM station in Kansas City. Rich, what year would that have been, if you can remember?
2: Yeah, that was about 1992.
1: That was about 1992. Brand new FM station. 92.3 in Kansas City. And I thought, oh, man, what do I want for the very first sound to be heard on this brand new transmitter and tower and... And broadcast station had never been on the air before. And I thought of Doris Akers, one of her recordings, because I did buy her recordings and keep them. And I used them on the air once in a while. And I thought, I want, I want one of her songs to be the first thing we use. So I had to locate her, and it was pretty hard. Because she wasn't a person. It was flashy around Nashville or, you know, something like that. But, man, could she sing. It was from her heart. I finally located her. I finally received a recording. And uh, and that's the very first sound we used. Do
2: you remember that song? There's um, a sweet, sweet spirit in this that, place. That's right. You're she, absolutely She, right, she wrote that song, and she sang it.
1: Yeah. Well, anyway, who now is Doris Akers? Uh, did she grow up with wealthy people? a wealthy family and showbiz and on and on and on. No, I learned later that she grew up in, in, well she was born in Brookfield and uh, grew up in Kirksville, Missouri, where we have huge big 100,000 watt uh, FM radio station on a thousand foot tower. And we
2: have a lot of wonderful listeners throughout that whole area. It's a 1,000-foot tower, 100,000 watts, and the tower is at Brookfield, and then later, that's where she was born, later she moved to Kirksville.
1: Yeah. All right, folks, now I want you to hear the story of this little black girl and her impoverished family back in those earliest days, because Doris is home with the Lord now for many years. Listen to this.
0: A Girl Named Doris by Blythe Ellis. This is the story of a girl named Doris, nicknamed Dot, who grew up in Kirksville. She was not born here, but spent her most formative years attending school and church in this town. She was born May 21st, 1923 at Brookfield, Missouri, the eighth in a family of 10 children to parents named Floyd and Pearl. Starting out, her parents had lived with Floyd's mother, Minnie Moore, in Brookfield in a household which also included Floyd's two younger sisters, Jenny and Crystal, a young niece, Corinne, and Floyd's grandmother, Nellie Moore. They later had a home of their own, which was frequently filled with music and the laughter of Doris and her siblings. Edward Milton, born 1910, Evelyn, 1912, Floyd Jr., 1913, Charles, 1914, Marion, 1917, Donald, 1918, Harley, 1921, Nellie Jane, 1924, and Bernice, 1926. Doris was closest to her sister, Nellie, who was her constant playmate. Tragically, her brother Charles died in 1925 at the age of 10 of an accidental gunshot wound. Doris's father worked building houses in the Lynn County area and sometimes worked as a porter in a clothing store. Doris's family was very musical. Her father, Floyd, was a tenor singer. Her mother, Pearl, played both bass viola and pianica, a reeded mouth piano. Pearl had taught herself and was proficient on both. This influenced Doris and her siblings to love music. However, everything was not always happy in Doris's home. In 1927, her parents divorced. Doris was only four years old at that time, and she had two baby sisters. Her mother, Pearl Kelly, had been only 12 years old when she married 24-year-old Floyd on June 21, 1909, and started a family. Now Pearl was alone, at age 32, with 10 children. However, three of the older boys, Edward, Donald, and Floyd Jr., stayed with their father Floyd, according to the 1930 census, in the home of their grandmother Minnie in Brookfield. Doris' mother and seven children were on their own. Fortunately, Doris's mother was blessed to meet a man named John Lawson who was willing to love and care for a woman with seven children. When Doris was five, John was getting ready to move to Kirksville, Missouri, where he had secured a job in a car dealership. He would be working as a car washer for Harry Jonas at the Prosperous Auto Sales Company at 215 West Washington Street. He asked Pearl to marry him and bring the children to live with him in Kirksville, and they did. John and Pearl were married February 24, 1929, in Milan, Missouri. John's nickname was Switch, although it is unknown how he got that name. He was apparently a good-humored guy, as his co-workers at Auto Sales Company liked to play jokes on him. Don Clay, a former co-worker, told the story about one day when John was washing an ambulance, and he left the workroom just long enough for one of the other guys to climb into the back of the ambulance and cover up. When John returned, the co-workers slowly began to sit up just to scare him. John was shocked to see this and went running to the front of the building to tell Harry Jonas someone was in the ambulance. Of course, when Harry came back to inspect the vehicle, the worker had gotten out. Don said, Old Johnny said, Well, he was there just a minute ago. The other workers could hardly contain their laughter. After coming to Kirksville, the Lawson family soon joined the AME Church. This church was a small white frame structure on the main street behind the old abandoned Benton schoolhouse between Main and Elson Streets. In 1940, a large National Guard armory named the Riger Armory would replace the old school building between Main and Elson Streets, but Doris would be long gone from Kirksville by then. AME stood for African Methodist Episcopal, and it was in this small church that Doris developed her great passion for gospel music. There, she also learned about the importance of prayer and how the Holy Spirit could move in times of worship and in a person's life. Doris's stepfather, John, was a piano player, and he often used this skill to entertain the children. He could play almost anything from classical to gospel and honky-tonk. He taught Doris at a young age how to play three chords on the piano, and from this, Doris learned to play by ear. She learned she could pick up almost any instrument and play it from memory. Doris's brother, Donald, got a trumpet one day and began taking lessons. Doris was quite fascinated by it, So she tried playing it, but she was disappointed as it didn't come to her as easily as other instruments had. As she slept that night, Doris dreamed she could play like the band leader, Tommy Dorsey, on the 1937 hit song, Once in a While. When she awoke in the morning, she picked up the trumpet and played the song straight through. She knew she had been given a musical gift from God. Doris and her siblings were educated at the Lincoln School in Kirksville. This was the age of segregation, and black children could not attend the regular public schools. The original Lincoln School had been established in Kirksville in 1877 in a wooden structure built on donated land on Wabash Street. In 1914, Kirksville voters had elected to build a grand, three-story, $85,000 Kirksville High School on McPherson Street. Of course, the times dictated that Doris and her siblings would never attend this high school building as simply a footnote to this referendum. There was a $3,500 allocation for a new Lincoln school. So in that same year of 1914, when the big new high school for white children was built, the school district, not wanting to be thought of as treating their black population poorly, proudly built a small brick school with a usable basement and attic for the segregated students. It was constructed on the same location as where the old wooden Lincoln school building had been. And this is the school Doris and her siblings attended. It would not be until 1954, when segregation was declared unconstitutional, that Lincoln School was closed and the nine remaining students were quietly transferred to the mainstream public schools without complaint or incident. But Doris had already completed her education by then and was gone from Kirksville. In approximately 1936, Doris graduated from 8th grade at Lincoln School at age 13. At that time, Doris and her siblings could not continue their education unless they were transported to the nearest Black High School, which at the time was in Macon, Missouri. When students chose to do this, the Kirksville School District paid their tuition. There is no record of Doris going further than the 8th grade. However, this did not hamper the talent that God had given Doris. When Doris was 10, she had composed her first gospel song, and she titled it, Keep the Fire Burning in Me. Her church had taught her about the fire of the Holy Spirit, and it welled up inside of her. But Doris didn't have much of an outlet for her gospel singing in those early days, except at church. She longed to make music her career. Seeking to find a way to earn money with her music, Doris got two of her brothers, Edward and Donald, and one of her sisters, Marion, to join with her in forming a group to sing at events in the area. They called themselves Dot and the Swingsters, it was in the mid-1930s then, a period in history known as the Swing Era. Swing music and dance was all the rage, and the swing style of big bands and band leaders such as Benny Goodman was the dominant force of American popular music. So that's what Doris's group sang. The quartet went out into Adair and Macon Counties and played the music of Cab Calloway, Fletcher Henderson, and Duke Ellington. Years later, Doris would meet Duke Ellington and even record a song with him. However, in Doris's prayer life, she became increasingly convinced that this was not the type of music God really wanted her to sing and play. So while still a teen, Doris stopped singing swing music and dedicated her life and talents exclusively to God and to singing gospel music. At the age of 22, in 1945, Doris fulfilled her dream of leaving Kirksville and going to Los Angeles where she had heard there was a thriving gospel music scene. She first got a job singing and playing piano with the Sally Martin Singers. Then she began her own group called the Doris Aker Singers. Because Doris had a light skin tone, she was not always accepted by either race, black or white. But God did not allow this to stop her success as a singer and songwriter. In 1947, Doris was able to publish her first song entitled, I Want a Double Portion of God's Love. After this, Doris was on a fast track to success. She formed the simmons Acres Trio. With Doris's many compositions and her piano skills, the group became nationally known and traveled the country, performing at many churches and other venues. They also released many recordings on several labels. With no formal musical training, Doris Akers would eventually write and compose over 500 songs with titles such as Canaan Shore, Tell Jesus All, Glory to His Name. It means a lot to know Jesus for yourself. He's everywhere. God spoke to me one day. I never knew joy before. Jesus is the name. He's all right with me. He delivered me and Lead Me, Guide Me. It is interesting to note that Elvis sang Doris's song Lead Me, Guide Me in his last movie and the song became the title of an Elvis CD. In 1987 the song also became the title for a Catholic hymnal. Through all of this singing experience and notoriety Doris didn't have much confidence in herself as a solo singer because she had always sung with a group. But in 1957 A producer convinced her to record a solo album called Sing Praises Unto the Lord, and it was a success. In 1958, Doris, along with her friend Mahalia Jackson, co-wrote the song Lord, Don't Move the Mountain, which sold over a million records. That same year, Doris became director of the Sky Pilot Choir in Los Angeles. With this group, Doris helped to bridge the barrier between black and white gospel, as this was a mixed group. The Sky Pilot Choir was extremely popular, and people would travel long distances just to hear them perform. They were also featured on many recordings, television shows, and radio broadcasts across the country. This choir released three albums with Doris. Doris received many awards, including Gospel Music Composer of the Year in both 1960 and 1961. In 1976, a Doris Acres Day was held in Kirksville as part of the Bicentennial Celebration. For this occasion, Doris wrote a special composition. Doris returned to her hometown and 20,000 people attended her evening concert. In 1992, Doris was honored by the Smithsonian Institute as the foremost black gospel songwriter in the United States. But perhaps what Doris Akers will be most remembered for is one song in particular which she wrote in 1962 while directing the Sky Pilot Choir. One Sunday morning, she said to her singers, You are not ready to go into the service. She didn't believe they had prayed enough. They were accustomed to spending time with her in prayer before the service, asking God to bless their songs. She said, I feel that prayer is more important than great voices. They had already prayed, but this particular morning, she asked them to pray again, and they did. Even Doris was surprised at the intensity of that second prayer time. As their prayer meeting continued on and on, Doris began to wonder how she could stop this wonderful prayer time. She said, I sent word to the pastor letting him know what was happening. He was waiting in the auditorium, wanting to start the service. Finally, I was compelled to say to the choir, we have to go into the service now. I hate to leave this room because there is such a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. But we must. Doris said songwriters always have their ears open for a new song. On that morning, suddenly, a song started singing to me. I wanted to write it down right then, but I couldn't. I had to direct my choir. I thought the song would be gone from my head after the service. But the next morning, to my surprise, I heard the song in my head again. So I went to the piano and began to write it all down. She wrote the now famous song, Sweet, Sweet Spirit. In this song, she recognized the Spirit in this place as the Spirit of the Lord. She could see in the sweet expressions of the choir members that they also recognized the presence of the Lord. In the chorus of the song, she references the New Testament where the Spirit of God descended like a dove, lighting upon Jesus at His baptism. She refers to the Holy Spirit as sweet heavenly dove asking him to stay right here with us, filling us with your love. All of her life, Doris Akers believed that God wants his children to pray. Her songs were sung and played around the world, ministering to Christians in their worship of God. Doris lived during the final years of her life in Minneapolis, Minnesota, serving as Minister of Music at Grace Temple Deliverance Center. She was diagnosed with spinal cancer after she broke her ankle in August of 1994 and was treated by a doctor. She died on July 26, 1995 in Minneapolis. Only three of her siblings outlived her, sisters Nellie and Bernice and brother Donald Akers. Doris is buried in Lakewood Cemetery in Hennepin County, Minnesota. She was posthumously inducted into the Gospel Music Hall of Fame in 2001 and into the Southern Gospel Music Hall of Fame in 2011.
1: All right, folks. There you have it. There you have it. Now, anyone in our listening audience right now, uh, if you've lost a loved one, and things aren't going well in your home, your marriage, your family, or your employment, whatever it is, remember, just remember, Doris Acres Succeeded For one reason, it was in her heart. Listen to this. You ask me how I know his blood can cleanse alone.
2: It's in my heart
1: since i am his and he is mine
0: it's in my heart
2: how can i help
0: but sing and shine it's in my
1: Listen, folks, if you enjoyed that, I enjoyed it right along with you. Oh, man, what a blessing that was. Well, listen, Richard, time's getting away from us. We have some listener comments, don't we?
2: We sure do. The listener comment line is 1-800-345-2621.
1: All right, yeah, come on, let's go. Here's a lady. Hello, I am here in the Ozarks, and I listen daily. I leave the radio on all the time uh it helps me when i do work and i also uh had hired a cleaning lady and she came and i have the radio on all the time and i told her i always have it on all the time she told me afterwards that she had uh, was really listening to it and was bringing back memories of uh her uh lutheran uh, school days and of course she doesn't go to church and i don't think she um knows the lord but hey it's a it's a start anyway uh-huh. thank you very much bye yeah, okay now listen here's a gentleman
2: i'm john jenkins i listen to bot radio network i really get a lot out of it i love david jeremiah i love jack graham and tony evans he's another good preacher i just love the ministry on bot radio network it, it does wonders to me god bless uh, you
1: all right now listen let's squeeze one more in. here's a lady Hi,
2: my name is Donna. I'm calling from Akron, Iowa. I listen to you on Hot Bot Radio Network 103.3. For someone in the rural area that may not have found their church family, it was a saving grace for me to connect me and minister spiritually. I felt like I was spiritually starving and that really met the needs that I had and continues to. So thank you.
1: Right dear Lady Rich, we got to get out of here. We do. Uh, this is Dick Pott with this chapter of The Complete Story with my son, Rich, as a public service. And we'll see you later.